Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. Today we are going to be tackling conversations that I have all the time. These are the conversations with mamas that say, I can't get my child to sleep. Did your baby sleep through the night? I can't get my toddler to potty train. I think I might come unglued. My child just doesn't obey or is always sassy. How do you not lose your mind? That conversation with practical concepts we're going to work out today. And yes, I will probably share a little bit of the tips that I had to get my babies to sleep through the night because sleep, I believe sleep is sacred and we all need it as mamas. And yes, I will share my potty training belief system or how I potty trained all my little ones when they were two. And um, yes, you know, in terms of character, we'll probably be talking the practical places in all of those because it's important. But what I want you to understand is that while there is practical, we want to intersect it with the gospel because God has ushered you and me into this sacred role as a mama. And he has invited you because you are the one he has chosen to teach that newborn baby how to sleep. He believes you're the best teacher for him or her. He knows you are the best potty trainer this little one has. Can you understand that? If you are struggling today, potty training a little one, and you believe that it'll never come, and this kid will never keep their pants dry, I want you to understand that the God of the universe knew you were the best one to walk this child into this area and to teach him how to do it well. It's you. It's crazy. But when we begin to embrace the fact that God goes, no, this is the mama for this job. For this soul, I choose this mama. When we embrace that first concept, then the practical points, the practical areas of our motherhood actually become holy. They become holy. You know, God invites you to walk with him, understanding that sleep training, potty training, character training, all the places that you teach integrity and wisdom and discernment, the places of gospel introduction, these are holy ground places that God invites you to hold his hand as he leads you because he knows you are the ambassador of reconciliation he has chosen for this child. And it may feel heavy, 
but I hope you know it should actually feel empowering and equipping if you keep your eyes on on him. And that's what we're going to try and talk about today. And we're going to try and do it all in a little bit of time. And as always, as always, if you literally want the practical way I potty train my child, because it might, you feel like maybe I've tried every other method, absolutely send me an email, DM me on Instagram. I will tell you how I potty train my babies in a way that is, I believe, life-giving to them. But um, in, in, in any of this stuff we talk about. But for today, let's talk about how the practical meets Jesus and helps us mother. When we're looking at whatever is happening with our child, we need to understand that this child is a soul. That's the first thing we want to look at. So whatever the task that is at hand, whether you have a newborn baby that has come into your home and you are flooded with all the different ways that you should and should not um, handle this child, what I want you to do before you pick a plan is I want you to sit with the Lord for a minute and understand that there is a soul that has been entrusted to you because God believes you are the number one best mama for this soul here on earth when you are surrendered to God. And so we understand that we have a soul that we are nurturing. And then we understand that we are invited to study that child and understand her in all of her idiosyncrasies, in all of her belief systems already in place. If she's a two-year-old, I promise you she has belief systems in place, even at two, about potty training, for instance. And we want to study her and ask the Lord from the beginning to say, God, give me a unique, discerning perspective on the heart and the soul of this child you've trusted me with. That is the first thing that we do. The reality is we're going to be walking through um, uh, five ways that we are going to take truth from the word and apply it to our child in each of these settings. So the first one is that we understand that there is a soul a soul that is in need of a savior, a soul that has been created and fashioned for kingdom purpose and kingdom work by God. He has a plan for this child as unique and interesting and delightful as this child is for us as parents. This child is far more to God. And he has a plan for this child's life. And it includes learning how to go to sleep. And it includes learning how to pee pee in a potty. And it includes being kind and truthful and all the character training concepts that we are teaching into our child. Even long before they can understand that they need a savior, we are teaching character. So once we understand that our child has a soul, once we embrace this truth, the scriptural relevancy, even here on the very first day of our child's life and we begin to pray intentionally that God would give us wisdom and discernment 
and we stand on passages of Scripture like Psalm 121.2, which says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then um, Proverbs 3 says, Be not wise in your own eyes. And instead, it says in verse 13, it says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. And then James 1, 5, the invitation says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So the first thing we need to understand is that in all these spaces, there is a wisdom that God offers for you and for me. Isaiah 40, 11 says, He promises to gently lead us. With, with young. And I have held tightly to that passage in these moments where I cannot figure out, for instance, how to get my little one to go to sleep. And each of my little ones has been different. There is not one proven method that has worked for all eight of my kids. Not one. There are major um, tenets that have worked. Like I absolutely believe in, um, scheduling their food consumption. How many calories are they getting? To me, that is the baseline determinant for how quickly my child will sleep through the night is how well I can make sure and input enough calories for them to finally have a longer sleep. That is basically my theory for sleep. And so I hold to it pretty tightly. I nursed most of mine and, um, And so, but even with the one, with all of them, I put them, because we're talking practical, I simply put them on a tight three-hour feeding schedule, mainly because I wanted to get those calories in more in the daytime where I was alert with the hopes that that last feed of the night, that I would do it around 11, we would begin to get a longer sleep cycle. And then, you know, for me, the practical plan that God began to teach me was, Bethany, it's really all about, number one, calories, and number two, rhythm. And the other part of mine that I believe strongly in is there is a rhythm to our lives, and none of us eat and immediately go to sleep. And so if I am bringing order into my baby's natural chaos, which is there, you know, we're all prone to chaos, then my order is we're going to eat And we're going to be up for a little bit, at least to get a diaper change, my little one. And then you can sleep again. And then it'll be time to get up and eat, stay up, maybe engage, interact, and then go to sleep. And then when you get up again, we'll eat again, (laughs) which is that never ending cycle, right? Um, With young babies. But beginning to understand the idiosyncrasies of my children And the children who had harder sleep cycles where they would come out into a more alert state, but they weren't fully alert and understanding that and understanding, are they hungry or do they really need to be soothed back to sleep in this moment? Those are the places where wisdom had to be given to me. Because for instance, there was one child who every night at the same time would wake up like to the minute. Like it, and that's actually what happened is the Lord says, have you noticed over the past five days that it's always at 242? You roll over, you look at the clock, it's 242. Bethany, why do you think that is? And what was happening with my baby is my baby was getting into a habit 
And I, in my groggy state at 2.42, just thought, well, I guess they're hungry. I don't know. And I would go feed them. And the wisdom from God said, notice, pay attention. So, right, that's the wisdom of God beginning to teach us the idiosyncrasies, the uniqueness of our child and studying our child and having a conversation with the Lord because he knows our child. And he said, how about you just try making this child suck to passy, making sure this child had their passy and pat their little honey a little bit in the dark. And sure enough, the child just had roused out of sleep and could be soothed back to sleep. And within another couple of days, it was done. They weren't, they weren't waking up at 2.42 anymore. And I learned a lesson. I learned to study my children a little bit more and understand them a little bit more. So, you know, we begin, the first thing we do is we understand that we have a soul that we are walking with and escorting through life. And then secondly, we seek a plan. We ask the Lord for his wisdom and we begin to understand that we are a student of our child. And when, as a student of our child, we're looking at them and we're having this ongoing conversation with the Lord for wisdom, he is free and and incredibly happy to share it with us. And then we choose consistency. We choose to be consistent because we understand the long-range vision, the long-range goals that we have for this child, whether it is sleeping, potty training, Um, or character, because we're going to be engaging with our children over an entire lifetime. And there are going to be many opportunities where (laughs) what they do doesn't match up with what we want them to be like. And we need to remember that the heart of our father in heaven is he understands the long-term goal. And he loves us right now because of where he is leading us to. And we want to mimic that with our kids. And then finally, the fourth thing is we pray. We pray. We pray because my belief is that I will never be able to teach my child to sleep. It is actually, I believe, not something I am going to be able to do, whether they're a newborn or a four-year-old who can talk to me. The truth is sleep is a God gift. It says so in scripture. It says he helps us to sleep. So really, I need to be interceding on behalf of my child for sleep. And the same is true for potty training. Because potty training, y'all, is really, I think, I think it's something that God teaches our kids He helps them understand it and we can conjole and trick and give them treats and create environments where they can maybe stay dry. But God is the one who illuminates and gives them the aha moments that say, oh, I get it. And and that's just a reality of potty training. Potty training what has to happen in potty training, if all if there's anyone here who has not potty trained a child yet, all the potty training mamas are like, oh yeah, that's true. Um, but if you have never potty trained your baby yet, they have to understand the feeling of going potty. 
and you cannot explain that. You cannot explain to them what it feels like to have to go TT. You cannot explain to them what it feels like to let it actually come out and then hold it. You, you, there's really not, I mean, I've tried it eight times and I am a very good communicator, I think with my kids. And this is a space where you, God gives the illumination and we pray for it. I encourage you to pray for that child to understand it. We can create environments, though, that are nurturing and safe and free from reproach. Environments where we set up, this is, this is the next thing we're going to learn how to do. And, and you can do this. Mommy is here to help you. And we're going to be successful because I believe in you. That's, what, that's how potty training works best is when we say, I believe in you. You are going to be such a big boy, a big girl. You're going to be like your big brother, your big sister. You're going to be like me. You're going to be like your daddy. You know, I believe in you and I'm here to help you. And I am praying for you. You see, for me, I believe potty training is one of the first beautiful places that we can introduce a helping God to our little ones. They need God's help. And so in potty training, I introduce the idea, I am praying for you. I am praying that God will help you understand what it means to have to go to the bathroom. I am praying that God will help you hold it until you can get to the bathroom. I am praying that you will learn how to be big in this place. And I speak that over my children. I speak it over to them even when they've had an accident. There's no reproach of, oh, you're so bad. It's, oh dear, well, let me help you. You're going to need to clean this up and I will be your helper. But I promise you, God is helping you and he will help you learn how to hold it until you can get to a potty and what it means to feel like you have to go potty. And when we begin to have that language with our children, we're actually having gospel conversation with a very little soul because we are introducing the idea, God is interested in you. He wants to help you. He wants to walk with you and he listens to us pray. And potty training is a beautiful place to begin gospel conversations with little ones. But remember, we have to have consistency. So we decide this is how we're going to do it. We are no longer doing anything but panties and we'll have to stay in the house for a few days. I call it being a potty hostage. I don't like those days and I freely, freely admit it. But we stay potty hostage in the house for a few days. We wear panties from here forward in our waking hours and we speak words of life over our children's souls. You can do this. I am with you in it. I am excited for you. This is a new growth time for you. And I believe in you. And then we're consistent. We don't go back. We don't go back. We keep a long-term vision of where we're leading this child. And it is in self-control. And it is in being wise and discerning. And wisdom and discernment is done in potty training. So then we 
ask for God's wisdom. We choose consistency with a long-range vision. And we pray. I cannot encourage you enough to understand prayer is your weapon in motherhood. It is a powerful method of communicating with the God on high who wants to be engaged in every facet of your mothering. He wants to help in every space. He wants to encourage and equip you in every way. He wants to give you insight into your child that nobody else has. And the way he communicates with us is when we pray, when we seek him. So what do we pray? What do we pray? Right? Well, we pray in line with scripture. And we pray, first of all, that God would teach them. That God would begin to give them wisdom. That God would begin to give them understanding. That God would begin to open their minds to new ideas. Whether it's sleeping, potty training, being obedient, telling the truth, even when they feel like they're going to get in trouble. That God would begin to speak into those spaces in their mind. We pray that God would reveal to us the truths that we need to understand our child. For me, this passage, you've heard me say it on this podcast a lot, but Jeremiah 33, 3, that I can call to God and he will show me the great and mighty things that I don't know pertains even to the weird idiosyncrasies, the things about my kids that I would never get, that I can tell you over and over and over in the last 23 years, God has told me things about my kids. When I've pleaded before him and said, why won't this child fill in the blank. And God begins to go, have you, have you wondered what they believe about this or what they think about this? And then having those conversations and learning, wow, you know, these are the reasons God will give you the things you do not know. We pray about it. We seek him about it. So we pray that God will teach them. We pray that God will reveal it to us. We pray that God will strengthen us. This is a real one, but you need to pray it with boldness. Claim scripture over this. Isaiah 41, 10 is one that I pray and pray and pray, but it says, fear not. This is literally, I feel like God says this to you and to me. Fear not, Bethany. Fear not, mama. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. On the days when there are puddles of TT everywhere and you feel like all you've done is clean up and you are absolutely dismayed or you're completely dismayed because your kid won't obey or your kid won't stop throwing temper tantrums and you have done all the things that you know are the, that that is the plan that you have and you're struggling to be consistent and you are dismayed. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God will do that for you and me in the hardest seasons of our motherhood. When we feel the lowest, whether it is these little years with sleepless babies, crying, colicky babies, um, all the way up to the moody teenagers that we are desperate 
for them to know Jesus. And we feel like we have tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and it's not working. God goes, be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Because consistency and a long-range vision is hard. So we need to actively pray for ourselves. God, make me consistent today. Help me today to remember your vision that this is a soul in need of a Savior and I get to walk with you and walking with this little one. Help me remember that. Help me. Hold me. This is how we pray for ourselves. And then we pray that we would have the same attitude that Jesus had. Again, this is praying for ourselves. We're not even praying for our kids right now. And it's Romans 15, 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus. So we pray this for ourselves. God, help me. Help me to live in harmony with my child. Even though I'm exhausted and I'm discouraged, help me to settle my heart on you. Help me to trust you. Help me to seek wisdom from you. Help me to not speak until I know the words I'm speaking will edify, will that we can with one voice glorify. God, help me to walk with you. Because the days can be long and the days can be hard. And so we pray that our attitude is like Christ's. And finally, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. This is the last thing that we pray for. And then this is the last step as well. So we say, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up as you are doing. We speak words of life. So first we need to pray for words of life. Whether it is with a sleepless infant, a potty training two or three-year-old, a fussy eater who's four or five, a selfish little one who doesn't share or sasses you or throws temper tantrums when they're two or throws temper tantrums and sasses you when they're 14. It doesn't matter. We are, first of all, needing to pray that we can speak words of life. We can encourage and build them up according to their needs. And then we actively seek to speak words of life. And that's when in, for instance, potty training, words of life come into play of saying, I know you can do this. I believe in you. God will teach you how to be self-controlled and hold your TT until we can get to the potty. I believe in it and I am praying for it and I am trusting God for your future in it. And we speak those same words of life over an anxious 16 year old who doesn't know where they should consider going to college in a couple years and they're feeling anxiety over it. And we say, I believe in you. I believe in you. And I am praying actively for God to begin teaching you and speaking into you what he is calling you to be and to begin to show you the gifts that he has given you in your personhood and that he will begin to give you a vision for what that means going forward. I'm praying for you and I believe he will do it. 
I am praying for you, little five-year-old, as you are going to school for the first time and you're anxious. I'm praying for you to understand that God was with you, that he says in Joshua 1, do not fear for I am with you. I am your God. Do not be dismayed. You know, I mean, it says in all these places, passages of scripture, words of life that we can speak over our children and they can be brave not because they're summoning up and faking bravery, but because we have rooted them down in the bravery that the word of God offers. They can be self-controlled, not because they are just trying to fake it, but because they are learning it from God. But they are hearing us speak words of life to edify them, even in the moments of discipline and confrontation. We choose to speak words of life because we have chosen to pray that God would give us words of life. So where does practical meet Jesus in parenthood? The practical parts are we have to teach our kids to sleep. Everybody has to sleep. We have to teach our kids to go potty on a potty. You can't go to kindergarten in a diaper. That is practical. It's practical that we teach character training to our children, to their nice people. But where practical meets Jesus is when we begin to speak into it the gospel truths that God is for them, that God created them, that he wants relationship with them. He wants to show himself to them and teach them because he loves them. And the same is true for you as their mother. God wants to speak to you, equip you, empower you, and teach you because he loves you. And he will give you increased curiosity to know more about your child the more you begin to pray for his wisdom. He will give you added measures of insight into your child the more you ask him to reveal your child to you. He will give you added wellsprings of strength and patience and diligence when you ask him to strengthen you and hold you. And he will give you deeper reserves of compassion and love for your child like Jesus has for us when we ask for it. And yeah, all those things are hard to do. And all those things feel big and they should feel big. They're big things. I don't want to minimize any of it, but they are God things that you get to walk with God in because he has chosen you for your child. As always, any questions that you have, absolutely. Please send them to me here. Get on my website. You can, there's something called speak pipe and you can just ask a question through there or you can send me a DM on Instagram if you need any more clarification. Three different ways you can get a hold of me. And um, all these scriptures are in the show notes, and you can write them down and begin to walk through them yourselves. Because the, I promise you the practical meets Jesus in very powerful ways. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to BethanyKimsey.com. 
That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.